Hey there, and welcome once again to the Great Stories Podcast. I am Ryan Weber, your host for the show, and you have found a long-format interview-style program where I sit across the table from another person, another human being, and we get to know them inside and out. We ask them all kinds of questions. We hear their life story, their struggles, their wins, their losses, all these things. But most importantly, we hear about how they came to know Christ and what that's meant for their lives. Uh, these are unscripted interviews with real people living real lives in the real world with a real God and a real story. Uh, it's a, such a blessing to record these interviews, and I'm so glad you have tuned in to listen. Uh, if you want to follow the program on Facebook, search for us at The Great Stories Podcast or also on Instagram, the same name. Uh, you can listen for free at Apple Podcasts and just search for The Great Stories Podcast. And uh, if you're an Android user, Go ahead and go to Stitcher and search for the same name, or you can stream it directly from the website at greatstories.podbean.com. If you want to support the show, you like what we're doing, there's a little bit of cost for doing this. Uh, you can go to patreon.com and throw a few bucks down that way, but the greatest thing you can do for the Great Stories podcast is go to the Apple uh, banners or the Stitcher or even the website and give it a thumbs up, give it a like, and most of all, share the episodes. Uh, I really believe that these stories people are telling are, are just the greatest thing that they have to tell the world is who Christ is and what that's meant for them. I want everyone to know about the amazing things that this amazing God does in the lives of real people. The message got to get out. Uh, if you want to be on the show or you know someone who you want me to talk to, go ahead and shoot me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this evening, I got to sit down with a good friend of mine named Justin Abelay. Uh, he is a, a member and a uh, elder at the church that I, I work at and attend, Resonate Church in Fremont. Uh, amazing guy. He's a drummer. Uh, he is a small group leader. He's a professional guy. He's a Bay Area, Fremont native uh, with a, just a cool journey and a really great perspective on a lot of different subjects. It was a joy to talk to him. We laughed a lot. It was so fun. And uh, I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. Here we go. All right. Well, to, to start off the interview, Justin, I I decided to get you a little, <laughs> oh, man. A little spam can with... It says with real Hormel bacon. Oh man, gosh! So Thank just you. a little, little token of my appreciation for. <laughs> I gotta get like a spam uh, shelf because I have this. I have uh, one from China that Grace bought me. Um, Is there there's still spam in the? Yeah. They just don't go bad. <laughs> well, no. Uh, so Rona and I have a um, spam can that we bought when we got married. No. And we, we take it with us when we go on vacations <laughs> and take pictures of it like in the sand. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> so that one expired in 2013 and I still have it. No. But, but what does expired mean though? It's not going to No. I think it just it's not recre- gonna... I think it just regurgitates itself like a lizard. Oh, there's probably something alive in there. I don't know. Well, it's delicious. I had I had two of those. I ate one of them. Thank you. So that's the second one. That's a uh... Just thought I'd bless you, you know, with. Yeah, why why cook bacon when it's built inside of the spam? Right. 
you can have a souvenir from your <laughs> your interview on the great stories podcast <laughs> thank you man yeah um so you brought me a burger today and i wanted to ask you if you crossfitted this morning uh, i did at um, 6 a.m in hayward 6 30 in union city um okay i'm I close <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah no you're it's it's, right. it's 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 good um i wouldn't say i crossfit i think i just uh i move <laughs> <laughs> other people like ryan crossfit i i uh he crossfits i uh i just show up and move around you do that f <clears throat> like four days a week try to wow yeah um sometimes it gets tough because work yeah or we have you know meetings at the office resident office grown-up stuff yeah adulting i know how did you get into crossfit when when did that happen ryan invited me he guilt tripped you into it no he was um what had happened uh so i was running mm. and then i was doing kettlebell workouts with with glenn did did she yeah. let one out yeah. the dog oh <laughs> it's gonna okay. be a while before it gets here okay yeah right but basically um <clears throat> ryan I, I ended up signing up with a, a gym in fremont and yeah. ryan was like hey you should come check out the one i need goes to right and uh i went one saturday and um I love the atmosphere. I mean, there's yeah. a bunch of people there that uh, it's a great community. I think the owners did a great job in facilitating a, um, a really healthy environment. Hmm. Um, on top of that, there's there's uh, folks that ask spiritual questions, and some of them have shown up at Resonate. So yeah. It's been great. That is cool. Yeah. Oh, I, think... I, can, I can smell it. Yeah, it made it to you. It made it to me. Dog. The... You're you're out of the next one. The campfire smoke has nice. reached me. <laughs> Speaking of smoke, it's finally gone. Right? The yeah. rain the rain has come to California. It is so wet outside. I love it. Yeah. Normally I hate the rain. But you, you welcome it. Yeah, now. this is one yeah. of the first times I've been like, Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, I like the sound of it when you wake up and you're just Yeah. Like, Remind like, reminds you of being a kid when it used to rain all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Remember that? You sit in class, play play a heads up seven up yeah yeah <laughs> that's you can't even do pe you just oh sit in class for 10 minutes so it seems like crossfit is a really polarizing like thing in the fitness world because it seems like either people are all about it mm -hmm. or they hate it yeah like i don't know what that <laughs> like, i've, I've I, never I, experienced that I, i'm i think i'm both <laughs> you you hate, <laughs> you, hate oh, it, you hate it while you're I, on I your think, way there i think i think i, I well with anything, I think the hardest part about CrossFit is showing up. Yeah. Because you, especially if you're, whether it's early in the morning and you're super tired from last, the previous night, right. or it's the end of your work day, um, you know, it, it can be very exhausting mentally. Uh, but what I appreciate about, about this gym is that uh, you show up and then they just tell you what to do for that the next nice. hour. Yeah, you know, I can go to Twenty Four Hour Fitness and walk around the gym and feel pretty good about myself. Yeah, <laughs> not even get on anything. <laughs> just, well, that guy looks like he's working out pretty good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him. Oh, close. Now I'm gonna get Chick Fil A. Fitness by osmosis. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call that. 
just hang out at the gym and text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm going to walk on this treadmill and read a book. Yeah. That's what I I was talking to uh Matt Knight about that like mm-hmm. the old man workout is what I call it. <laughs> you just go there, you don't really sweat, you yeah. know, pick up a couple heavy things and yeah. then text for 5 minutes, yeah. play a little little clash royale or something. And, yeah. <laughs> all do, right. Do a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, stretch. That was good. You know, we'll go home. Touch the machine. Like, oh, I'm in good condition. <laughs> it's great. This costs then, about $1,000. When you get up from it, you move the weight like down so yeah. it, it looks like it was heavier when you were on it <laughs> and then just walk away. <laughs> Some of those machines, I, I think I spend more time reading the instructions yeah. on how to use it. Yeah. Because I don't want to end up on the YouTube gym fails, you know. It's just, it's just, <laughs> you never know when someone's you watching. You don't know who's watching me. Like, I just... I've always imagined that if you brought somebody from like the medieval times to a gym, <laughs> they would think it was some kind of like really fancy like torture chamber. <laughs> All this crazy, like what does that do to me? <laughs> like I is screaming. Yeah, look at that guy. <laughs> All these people look miserable. This place is horrible. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> just get me out of here. <laughs> A futuristic torture chamber. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But I, I really appreciate um, the community at, at CrossFit. I think, yeah, I hate it during the workouts. Like, cause yeah. there, there's some workouts that are just like, oh, I'm gonna hit the wall. I'm dead. I'm tired. Right. But afterwards, you just feel good. I mean, whether you hit the recommended uh, workouts or not, I mean the the sweat and the feeling and the the sense that I just got something done and now I can start my day is, is yeah that's pretty good that is good I think it's it's just intimidating for some people yeah because they see the Olympic weights and the ropes hanging right. from the scene they're like oh gosh right. this is like for serious people yeah I don't yeah. even there's some exercises that I don't even use the weights I just use the bar because they really emphasize working on your form right <clears throat> otherwise you're just gonna Hurt, hurt yourself so yeah like you have the mm-hmm. whole cumulative injuries from bad form over how long right yep you, you don't feel it happen yeah it yep. just sneaks up on you yep exactly yeah well hey let, let's get into a little uh story okay i figure i you know normally I ask people like take me all the way back yeah <laughs> like wherever you want to yeah. start uh, uh, like 10 years ago for me <laughs> i was born at a young age <laughs> Yeah, well, set yourself up. Let's dig into it. Um, where do you want to start? You want to, like, childhood? Where yeah. My, where, my, where my ancestry's from? Like, my family's from? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fun. Because okay. uh, I know you got a lot of, like, Hawaiian ancestry and... Yeah, I'm a like, I'm a mixed plate. Where I, Where are you from? Everyone thinks I'm Filipino, but um, <laughs> uh, there's, there's different ethnicities. Okay. So... Um, and I learned all of all of this stuff in the past maybe five years just from going to family reunions. Oh. Um, but basically, uh, my dad is um, uh, from Hawaii. Okay. My mom is from here. Uh, and in fact, her her birth certificate says Dakota, California. So it wasn't even part of what it is now. You know, it was its wow. own own entity, I guess. Huh. Um, but. Uh, my on my dad's side, my um, grandparents are from the Big Island in okay. Hawaii. Uh, their parents are from the Philippines, so my great grandparents had migrated uh, from the Philippines to Hawaii to work in the sugarcane fields and hmm. 
um, try to make a living that way. There was about, I think, 12 siblings on my, wow. on my grandpa's side. My grandmother had about four. Okay. Um, it's a good-sized so, good family. Yeah, it's a lot, a wow. lot of kids. Um, so they work in the sugarcane fields. And, um, eventually, my grandfather, on my dad's side, uh, picked up a job as a machinist at Pearl Harbor hmm. in Oahu. Yeah. And um, he was there when it got bombed. Really? Yeah. Uh, um, he always talked about it. Yeah. You know, it was an early Sunday morning, and uh, um, the the drills are going off. They all ran outside of the on by the waterfront. They saw the planes coming in. Yeah. They thought it was just a, a rehearsal of something until they saw the, the red dot on the planes. Right. Um, so like, they, they all started running. And then the bombs start coming down. Whoa. Uh, my grandfather got some kind of um, uh, uh, pendant or something that something from the from the U.S. government because he he helped pull sailors out of the water. Wow. And so, um, yeah, he was there, and like a good grandson, I took him to see Pearl Harbor when he came out in the movie theaters, and oh yeah, I'll have to get his feedback. He was probably oh. eighty at that point, and. Let's go watch Pearl Harbor, Grandpa. Was he just calling BS on it? Like, that's not how it was. <laughs> no, actually, he said the explosions look pretty accurate. Wow. Especially when, when the USS Arizona yeah. got hit. Huh. Uh, he's, he was like, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um, my grandmother was there, too, but she was younger. She was coming out of a, out of a church service, and she remembers her father, my great-grandfather, telling her and her sister to duck down. Whoa. Um. And she was asking, like, what's going on? What's going on? And my grandfather or great-grandfather just told them, you know, oh, they're filming a movie. You know, he's trying to keep he was trying to keep them calm, but he knew right. that they were under attack. Right. Wow. That must be freaky. Gosh, I couldn't yeah, imagine. I, I couldn't either. I've just, been, I mean, the closest I've been is in Newark on the 4th of July. Yeah. And that's, and that's for fun, right? Yeah, and that's fun. Yeah. And no one's trying to bomb me. Yeah. I had family there. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. My my grandfather on dad's side and his three brothers and great grandma they lived uh, just outside of the city. Yeah, up okay. on up on a hill. And he okay. said that they they heard something going on and they went outside and they they could see the planes like come over the backside like from behind them and dip yeah. down into the yep. valley and bomb stuff. And yep. they're just like whoa. And that's yeah. that's when the Webers came to California. Oh okay. Because <laughs> they, they couldn't live there anymore. Like it was. Wow. Yeah, it was jacked. Yeah. So they I, came to San Carlos. Okay. Yeah. yeah. On the peninsula. Yep. Yeah, my um my grandfather ended up uh you know, I sent you a picture earlier. He uh yeah. ended up working at a radio station and wearing this, a suit. Yeah, wearing a suit. <laughs> I guess that was just the thing, you know, gentlemen wear suits for anything. All right. Um but uh they ended up doing these campaigns to raise um uh money through um uh, war bonds. Uh-huh. And so right. he, back then he raised about a million dollars, which was a lot of money. Whoa! Yeah, at that time. Wow, um, that must. Uh, what is that now? That's, I don't even know. Nineteen forty something. So you know, seven years later, I, I don't know. What well, with inflation rate since yeah. then? Gosh. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what that would. That's probably a hundred million or something like that. <laughs> something crazy. That's, I'll have to look it up. We'll Google it. Yeah. So yeah, he he continued to work there and. Um, Eventually took a position as a machinist at uh, Hunter's Point in San Francisco. Okay. And so that's how my dad's side moved to California. 
my mother's side is she actually has an interesting story too because um, my great grandparents came from uh, Portugal and Spain. Okay. And uh, at that time, uh, Hawaii was negotiating some deals to bring people in to work the sugarcane fields. So that's why in the Philippines they came to Hawaii. Uh, same thing with Portugal and in Spain. So my my relatives got on a got on a boat, took a two month trip to Hawaii. Wow. Worked the sugarcane fields there. Um, eventually, they migrated and started working the fields in Modesto and uh, Watsonville. Okay. Um, and some of the relatives moved up to Fremont. Yeah. And so my mom's aunt and my dad's parents lived maybe about four houses from each other. <laughs> and then at one of the parties, that's where my mom and my dad met. Okay. Block party. Something like that. I don't, I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know exactly how, but they yeah. were 20. They met um, 19 or 20 years old, um, got married, had my sister at a young age, and then um, six years later they had me. Boom. And here I am, same size. <laughs> Haven't grown much since 1980. When are you going to grow up? I don't know. Come on. <laughs> I'm pretty good at growing sideways, that's for sure. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's how they met. And, uh, you know, my, my dad played a bunch of music growing up in Hawaii and in here in Fremont. Yeah. And uh, my mom would hang out with them. And... So that's pretty much how my family uh, came together. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I didn't know you were a Fremont native. Yep. What hospital were you born at? Well, I was born in uh, Hayward Kaiser. Okay. That's still Um, there. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the building is. Kind of, (laughs) yeah. My sister was born in Washington Hospital. Um, I'm not sure why I was brought up all the way to Hayward Kaiser. But, um, yeah, I was born there. and But we lived um, off of Davis Street. Okay. And then eventually moved to Ardenwood. But my grandparents lived on the corner of Blakeell and Stevenson. Wow. A few homes down from the Arco gas station. Right on. So, yeah. Grew up here in Fremont. Um, late 80s. Ended up moving to Union City. Yeah. Uh, so, I lived in Fremont, Union City area most of my life. Lived in Foster City for about six, seven years. Oh, Okay. And then you came back. Came back when uh, uh, when Rona and I got married. It's changed a little bit in the last thirty a little bit. years, right? A little bit. Yeah. It's changed in the last ten since <laughs> I've been here. I think it changed since yesterday. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, every time you turn around, they're, they're building things. Yeah. Any any space they can find, they'll yeah. put up a home. Yeah. Or something. I call them uh, <clears throat> the ant farms. Oh, yep. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Because it's like. There's one going up uh, near our office because they built that BART station. Yeah. And then, you know, the all the developers, they want to capitalize on the, you know, public transportation. So mm-hmm. they build these huge, huge, like thousand unit things. Yeah. Right next to the BART station. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Just imagine what the streets are going to look like. Oh, I know. I mean, the it's just... traffic is just going to get, well, I guess the idea is that they're not driving anywhere. Right. But you know, they're going to. So, yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. Right, it's more more vehicles, more foot traffic. So I mean, there's plus and minuses to it. <clears throat> yeah, makes you want to get an electric skateboard. 
<laughs> and go around town looking like Silver Surfer. Right. <laughs> Maybe pastor a church or something. Right, right. <laughs> I just want to be, I just want to be like Ryan. That's all. Um, so get into what, what it was like just growing up in, in Fremont. Like what, what was the childhood like? Uh, um, I was surrounded by music. Yeah. And my dad had friends over almost every weekend playing in the garage, playing wow. in the house, um, you know, to two, three o'clock in the morning, wow. go downstairs. You can just smell beer. Um, <laughs> inspiration. Yeah. It's, it's not just, beer. It's yeah, inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you go in the garage, you can just smell, you know, cigarettes. I mean, I'm just I was around that. Yeah. Often. You're living in um, a in a jazz club, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we even had a pool table. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was just, you know, it Perfect. just felt like it. What was the style? Um, like types of music? Yeah. What, um, what were they into? Anything from like Earth, Wind, and Fire to oh, yes. Beatles, uh, Tower of Power, dude, uh, Almond Brothers. Uh, we've gone to some of their concerts. Like when I was a kid, I. Uh, went with my parents. They took me to go see the Rascals, which was like a 1960s yeah. band, I think. Nice. Uh, there used to be a place that you're familiar with, the uh, Circle Star. Yep. Yep. When that yeah. was there. Yep. Um, I remember when they tore that down. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we got to... I remember going to concerts with them when I was young. Yeah. We saw the Almond Brothers. Um, wow. We saw Tower Power. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I would I would watch them play music. Um and, you know, just hang out with them. My dad would sit me on his lap and mimic playing drums. So your dad's so, a drummer? My dad's a drummer. I was yes. going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's that's where I got it from. Uh, he grew up playing drums in Hawaii, played drums here in the States. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would just, when he wasn't playing drums and I would get on there, I would put on headphones just like this. Yeah. Put on a record and then play along with the song. Wow. And some, some, uh, Earlier, I couldn't even reach the foot pedal. I remember playing without even using that thing. Wow. So I just, my feet couldn't reach it. Um, and That's then amazing. as I got a little bit older, then I was able to use it. But Wow. Uh, yeah, so growing up, it was a lot of that. Um, I have a, an older sister. She's six years older than me. She never really got in too involved in music. Hmm. Um, she was one of those hair bearer girls. I mean, she... You know, she she definitely liked the early '90s music, and yeah. um, there was one one time where uh, back in the day you could call in and dedicate a song to somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah. like 10 o'clock at night or something like that. Right. And, I, and I knew <laughs> that she called the station, and uh, um, they're about to broadcast her dedication. And I ran out of the bedroom, mom, dad, mom, dad, listen, listen. I put on 106.1 and. You hear her talking and she's all embarrassed. Uh, so that was, that was sort of her thing. Like she was, that was her, her connection to music was like, she yeah. likes to listen to current stuff, but she never really got into nineties, yeah. late eighties, nineties music. Yep. Like rhythm nation. Yeah. Those types of, yeah. She yeah. was into that kind of stuff. Um, That's but fun. yeah, that was pretty much our, our, our home. It almost felt like a party every weekend. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I mean it was. It, that's pretty much all it was, you know. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> is there anywhere that you could hear your dad recorded somewhere? Like, is there any? I think he has some tapes somewhere. Um, yeah, at his house. Uh, I I know that he did some recordings, but I I uh, 
I don't have any copies of those. Um, uh, that'd be neat to find. Yeah, I yeah. know he has some tapes. I know we definitely have some VHS, VHS tapes of him playing. Old school. Uh, yeah. Yep. Have fun. Yep. Yeah. So you went to school here then? Yep. I uh, I went to Blakeell Elementary. There's some people that resonate okay. that I went to school with in kindergarten. Wow. Um, Blakeell, is that still a school? Yep, Blake still Cal a school. Elementary. Yep. Never so heard of it. It's uh, in Sundale area. Okay. Um, that's still there. Uh, and then I went to Walters Junior High. Okay. Yeah, I know where that's at. Yeah. Um, and then I I went to Kennedy High School. Yeah. And so did my sister, and so did my dad. We all had the same teachers. Um, I went there for two years, and then I eventually transferred to Logan in Union City. All right. And so I ended up graduating from James Logan. Um, it looks nothing like what it does today. No. Today it just looks like a university. Oh, it's enormous. Yeah, it's huge. There's almost, <clears throat> what is it, 5,000 kids that go there? Some, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's close to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's up there. It's a whole city. Yeah. It's an army. I mean, the, the coolest thing that we had was an elevator in a library, and we <laughs> had a 7-Eleven, but it wasn't really a 7-Eleven. It was 7-Eleven right. brand, but, you know, that was that was like the cool factor. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, we didn't. It was it was a, a good school, but nothing like today. Right. Yeah, it's enormous now. Yeah. Um, what What was the, like, spiritual situation? in the house as a kid mm. like where was the family at yeah where were you at with it so so my family is catholic okay um i was baptized as a as a baby um went through the all that stuff and when i was in seventh grade i went through catechism okay uh, saturday morning school yep and in my mind i'm thinking the only reason why i have to go through all this is so i can take communion because every right. time right. every time there was communion at the end of the mass right. i would always i could never they, i was told i couldn't go yeah i had to go through uh ccd or catechism and so um growing up we were we would be diligent we would go every sunday and then go to denny's afterwards um eventually at some point we just started attending um, just Easter and Christmas. Okay. Um, I think for whatever reason, we just, <clears throat> we so, weren't going every week. Somewhere in high school or? Um, this was, this is probably junior high, um, where I noticed that we weren't going every, every Sunday. Right. Um, and then in high school, uh, freshman year, there was a, it was on a good Friday and my parents I was asking them if they were going to go to mass and they said no. Hmm. And I said, okay. So I just happened to call a friend, uh, just to talk because that's what you do when you can't go anywhere. You just call right. your friends. <laughs> and, uh, she was like, Oh, you know, I'm gonna, um, this is back in 1994 or okay. 95. And she goes, Oh, you know, I'm about to head out my parents to, um, to a, a good Friday service. Can I call you and get back? I said, okay, sure. And she calls me back in five minutes, and she says, um, hey, my dad's asking if you want us to pick you up if you want to come. Hmm. I said, okay. And I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and so so she picked me up, um, 
brings me to this church right here behind your house. Yeah. With the white steeple. Yeah. Yep. Oh, gosh. Um, and uh, I walk in, and I see drums on the stage. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's blasphemy. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. Why do they have drums on the stage? Because I'm so used to seeing just yeah pipes, the and hymn, organ, yeah. hymnals, you know, and... all holy-ish, right? You know, oh, I, la, la, yeah, la. exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, this is this is this is really bad. What did I get myself into? Right. So I see drums on the stage, and um, it was just a different format. I wasn't used to it. Yeah. You know, even the youth pastor at the time was. Um, preaching differently than what I'm used to hearing from a priest. Hmm. And everyone seemed uh, more loose, I guess. Like, just, like, it didn't feel like how it felt walking into a Catholic church. Hmm. It's just very laid back. I know what you mean. You know? I, I had um, a similar experience when, okay. I, when I made the jump. Yeah. Because it it, the whole stuffiness was what turned me off. Mm-hmm. To the whole Catholic thing. Okay. I was like, oh, I'm... but yeah, you come to a, a more relaxed church, you're like, oh, like, you can actually enjoy being here a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, you feel a little bit less tense. Yeah. But it was just, it was also, it was a good Friday, but when I, I find out afterwards that it was a good Friday led by the youth. And so that's why it seemed a little more. Okay. Uppity. But it drew me because I'm thinking, oh, there's, there's people here I don't know that are my age, yeah. and it seemed like a fun atmosphere. And so I started going every Friday to their youth groups. Okay. And then eventually someone had mentioned that I played drums, and they asked if I wanted to play Friday Nights. Yeah. And I said, okay. I didn't know the songs, but I just played along with whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was... That was the start of my faith where wow. I'm at today. And so it's pretty cool to look back at that thinking when I was 14. Yeah. Who would have thought? Drumming. Yeah. Got you into it. Yeah. It's almost as if, like, if we look at it big picture, it's like, okay, so my dad's a drummer. Mm. Music runs in the family. Yeah. I have relatives that play music. But it was pretty neat to see that, that God can was almost like orchestrating that yeah um to to draw me in like of all people like like you would choose that one moment to pull me in yeah because if i didn't play drums for this youth i probably would just been hanging out maybe fall off at some point Mm. but then i would there was some type of commitment there yeah it gave you a spot to plug in yeah it did you know you landed there yeah and even in the course of playing every every friday night um Hearing the words that they're singing and the way they're singing it, shine, Jesus shine, <laughs> you know, those kind of songs. It was just yeah. one of those moments was like, wow, they're at, like, these songs are actually pretty cool, hmm. you know? So it just grew on me at that moment. Wow. And would, would this girl, where, where has she been since then? I don't even know. Oh, man. Um, It'd yeah. Be fun to find her, right? Hey, yeah, hey. I, I tried to. I, last time I uh, heard from her or we spoke, um, Gosh, I mean, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, she was uh, renting an apartment over in Brisbane. But, uh, yeah, I don't know where her or her family are at now. They they pretty much fell off. Hmm. So, but it'd be cool to see her again. I mean, I yeah, don't... Yeah, like, thank her. Hey, thanks for inviting me to the yeah. youth group. 
Yeah. That's cool. I had a similar case with the the guy that witnessed to me mm-hmm. where I, I had tried to look for this dude for years. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to Facebook him. I don't think he had a Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I just Google his name. I called like his old employer. Like, hey, where did he work after you guys? Oh, we don't know. Like the guy fell off the face of the earth. And yeah. then I got a new phone. And, you know, when you go to the Apple store, they can like transfer all your stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somehow <clears throat> his phone number was like buried somewhere in my contacts and I, I'd looked for it in my contacts, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't see it. Yeah. It's like two years ago. And I f- I'm looking through it and I'm just searching for somebody else and I see the guy's name. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I call him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I say, hey, Jared. Yeah. Dude, it's me. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And this is, you know, this, it was 2004. Okay. Um, so I had to refresh his memory. Like, yeah, you remember? And he's like, yeah, I remember that. And so I got to tell him, like, man, I'm like, you got to come hear me preach. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm leading a ministry. Like, you would not believe. Yeah. Like, what's happened since the last time I talked to you? Like, I got to fill you in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool to look back and see key individuals. Because it wasn't, I mean, yeah, she played a part in it. You know, more so her dad, because he's the one that. Yeah. You know, say, well, I want to go pick up Justin. And you never know how just a small action like that can just totally change someone's trajectory. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was only 14, but who knows how different things would be if I never went. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. Um, But there's there's key individuals like that. I mean, there's there's them. There's there's a few others I can point to when I look back. I'm like, you know what? They're. Mm. Um, God used them. I mean, they were tremendous yeah. in 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 their role in in the shaping of my life and where I'm at today. And I'm sure there's going to be more. Yeah, you know, after tonight. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder what what was your parents' take on going to that new church and kind of where, where were they yeah. at with it? Like when you started they, drumming all the time. I mean, the only thing my mom told me, the only thing I remember was my mom telling me, oh, just make sure it's not a cult. But <laughs> there's, how would I know? You know, I got nothing to base it off of. My but, family's still worried I'm in a cult. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you tell it, it's, it's okay. We all talk at the same time. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We hold hands and yeah. say these chants over and over. Yeah, but other than that, we're, we're normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was the one thing that my mom had mentioned. But... They weren't as strict about what I was doing at a young age. Mm. When I look back at that, I'm thinking that's weird. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I would, there were nights that I would stay out in the summer till like, I would come home and they were getting ready to go to work and they wouldn't question it. I had a pager, but they never paged. Pager. They, yeah. yeah. A pager. <laughs> yeah. One of those. It was, it was one of the, the ones you can read on the side, not the top. It was oh yeah. The, the cool ones. Yeah. That's yeah. Got it at New Park Mall at a. Pager. Gosh, I don't remember the name of that kiosk. <laughs> yeah. I had a pager too. Yeah. I had the one with the numbers just on the very top though. Okay, yeah. That was my first one. Yeah. And then eventually they upgraded to the to the side one. That's when you were you were the man. That's when you were dealing drugs. Right. <laughs> you're like some kind of pimp. Yeah, you're just you're doing right. some bad things with if you got if you can a get pager. that pager. And they Did, came back with the uh with the, the page back or the, the thing with the little like you could send a confirmation back. 
It was right before cell phones. A two that, way, a two way, a two way pager. Two way pager. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you, um, did you guys do pager codes? Yeah, and yeah. Like, like letters, <laughs> like each number represented a letter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Today's generation has no idea pager code. Yeah. It's like the the electronic version <clears throat> of smoke signals. Yes. <laughs> it's horrible. Yes. To the to the common eye, it just looks like a bunch of numbers. But I'm like, no, that that's a paragraph. That's right. There's a lot of meaning in that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of meaning in that. Pager code. Yeah. I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Do they still sell pagers? Oh gosh, I. Why would anyone want one? I don't know. <laughs> just it's it's vintage. It's cool again. <laughs> can check niles maybe they have it over there somewhere yeah yeah the uh mantiques joe, mantiques, joe Tarkini, yeah, yeah, mantiques yeah, hello pager yeah. back there yeah well everyone's going back to the flip phones right you hear that that's a thing oh, i didn't know that it's a thing right now yeah like a star tech yeah like old nokia like the old <laughs> flippers yeah they're they're tired of the with the retractable antenna screen t- no <laughs> my dad had one of those too you pull the antenna <laughs> and the little the yep. voice thing flips down yep that thing's cool. And then for an extra ten bucks, you can buy an antenna enhancer that yep. supposedly increases the yeah the signal. And, and along with it, you get no friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the dad bod outfit. Right. Has an outside belt buckle. Oh Looking gosh. like looking like Batman. <laughs> yeah, I oh, uh, yeah I had a pager and yeah I mean I not to get off on a, too much of a tangent but yeah, yeah, yeah. they um, please do <laughs> sorry. How much, how much tape do you have? Am I running out of tape here? I got gigs. You got gigs. <laughs> I got okay. gigs. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they they weren't strict on on me staying out or what I did. I mean, they would just yeah. make comments here and there. Um, but for the most part, they were like, oh, okay, we have a son that's getting plugged into a church. That's a good thing. Yeah. And so, and they got to meet some of my friends and some of the leaders. It was a small church, but they got to meet some of them, and they thought that they were all nice folks. Yeah. And so, I mean most cults seem nice when you first meet them <laughs> they smile a <laughs> lot ones, they seem they seem interested in your life right um but until they want your firstborn <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's geez. over until they're saying bad things but still smiling yeah, it's kind yeah. Of weird, yeah um but yeah they they uh they pretty much left me to do what i did hmm. um but i never had a a, a a desire to go out and you know do bad stuff yeah at the, t- uh, at the time i didn't you saved um, it i saved it to when i was older yeah <laughs> <laughs> well let, let's get a little older then okay start digging into high school or mm. early college like what, what was that period uh volatile <laughs> yeah i i uh um I think the, well, I don't think, I know, as I was attending um, this church and being young and um, charismatic in my way, I was very black and white. Okay. You know, you got you to gotta know Jesus or you're going to go to hell. And there was a yeah. sense of, like, I, I really meant it. Like, I really wanted people to know Christ. But it was for the reasons of, I just don't want you to go to hell. Hmm. So, for instance, like my parents, um, we had a Bible study at my house. Okay. There was like the pastor, the worship leader, myself, and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, 
you know, the pastor was sharing from scripture and then we talked a little bit and we all like closed in, as we we're closing in prayer, the pastor is praying. Is there anyone here that wants to accept Jesus? <laughs> there's like four of you sitting <laughs> there. Like, three of us are Christian oh. and then there's my dad, you know, so we're all like anybody and, anyone at and, all anyone at all and so i'm looking at my dad and then my dad out of pressure just raises his hand right and i'm thinking right yes he's saved i mean it was so weird but that's how my thinking was you right know? i'm sure if my dad's hearing this he might remember that moment oh yeah um, you don't forget the really weird ones yeah <laughs> it was just like like the whole point of the bible study was for my dad right but it was so awkward that it's four of us you know? Yeah. Um, but my faith back then was very black and white. Um, I felt that I, I think I took advantage of everything that was secure. Like I had a home. Mm. Um, I didn't understand any financial issues that my family was having because they didn't really talk about it. Um, I always got what I wanted. Yeah. So I was spoiled in that sense. I had like a ton of toys, a ton of Nintendo games, mm. um, ton of baseball cards. Um, so I always just thought that things were just smooth. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, going to high school, like it was, it was, that was it. But it wasn't until, um, I went on a three week missions trip to the Philippines. That was my first trip, um, overseas. And I'm thinking, Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm doing something that God wants me to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm very jazzed about it i'm gonna be gone into a third world country blah 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 blah. yeah um and so um right before i left um this one girl from high school and i got together so then i had a girlfriend at the time and i'm like hey this is great it's my senior year too i'm about to graduate like things Mm -hmm. are looking really optimistic and um when i came back um in january uh we broke up she was seeing someone else yeah, that was like a little like oh, I was gone too long. While you, while you were gone, it's like, yeah, yeah. while well, she was was her ex, the guy for me. Yeah, so, I don't know if that guy's coming back. So that was awkward. <laughs> hope, I hope they're listening. Um, I'm not hurt at all. No. Um, so we broke up, um, and then my parents had informed me that they were going to have to sell the house because they couldn't hmm. manage um, their mortgage payments. Oh, so I'm thinking house that we lived in for the past 10 years right um we were gonna lose that and then the church that i was part of decided to split Hmm. there was some political stuff going on so the church ended up splitting into two and so in a matter of a month um like these three things that i felt were you know secure yeah were all of a sudden gone and uh at that at that time, I was 17 years old. I'm, you know, your emotions are a little more, yeah, it's raw, uh, raw, right? You know, and so, um, because of my black and white faith, I'm thinking, what did I do mm. to deserve this, God? I just came back from a missions trip. I thought I was doing Your will, right? Uh, what's happening here? Did I do something wrong? Because huh. up until this point, I thought I was a pretty good person. So even though I'm, I was introduced to the Christian faith, I, there was still this sense of like acceptance and approval and gaining favor from God. Um, mm. 
that it was that that my relationship with him was still if I do good then God would bless me. So I was putting him into my debt. Right. By by trying to do things not trying to do the big sins. I would stay away from the big sins, but like I would still sin. Like I would have little ones, but I wouldn't I would do things where I thought that God would still approve me of approve of me for doing. Right. Um and so yeah, I I just remember feeling like crap because I'm like did I, I must have done something really bad. Yeah. God's um, really ticked at me. Look yeah. At, yeah. And so um, after high school, I just went through graduating. Um, there was a, I was taking an ROP class and there was a, a gentleman that came in and sold me on, on the idea of attending DeVry. They just, DeVry was a brand new school here in Fremont. It wasn't yeah. even open yet. They, they literally just opened after I graduated. Right. Um, and so I got sold on attending this school, even though I didn't want to be an engineer or a, a double E major. I was uh, sold on it because I'm like, well, it's close by and yeah. it's promising. Yeah. And so three weeks after graduation, I, st- I started going to DeVry. I was part of the first class huh. that attended that school. Was that on the, it's on Stevenson or it used to be. It's right? it used to be off of 84 by Dumbarton. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember commercials <clears throat> for that. Yeah. When I was I, in high school, I went watch, watching Springer and I'd see DeVry, DeVry pop up. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, yeah. Next to Hill College and all those right. other. Yeah. 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 The people's lawyer. Was yeah. That, yeah. The people. That. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jim something. Four, 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 Okay. Um, anyhow. DeVry. Uh, DeVry. Jim Rogers. That's his name. That's it. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. God. We are dating ourselves right now. Yeah. Um, cool. I went to DeVry and um, I think going into it, I felt that I made the wrong decision because it was out of just mm. emotion and um, I just wanted to feel like I was getting away and doing something right after what had happened towards the end of my school year, my high school year. Hmm. Um, but I was so embedded like with finances and stuff at that school. I just tried to ride it out. Yeah. And, uh, but I was longing, like I would have friends that were going to like Cal State Hayward and other colleges, San Jose State. I'm like, man, they seem like they're having more fun going to school than I am. I'm going right. to this business building. Right. And really have anything going on here. And I'm in a major I don't even like. And, and so, um, while all this was going on, I had no idea where my faith was at. I was just kind of going through the motions. I was, um, yeah, I was, uh, playing on the worship team, but I was just there. I didn't really get involved and do anything. I was hanging out with, with folks outside of church. Um, so, you know, if I were to look back at it, like, no, there was nothing about me that would set me apart from anybody else. I was just, Right. There, I just happened to be someone that attended church on Sundays. Yeah, um, I didn't have any community of believers to pour into me or um, any of that. So, mm. um, college was a rough time. Um, I made a bunch of mistakes in college. Uh, I think in high school, having a, a girl cheat on me really affected me in a way where. Um, I felt that, uh, I wasn't good enough. 
Right. And I think that started opening up more wounds in me because then um, I felt like I needed to find acceptance somewhere, something. I need to find a girl that liked me for me or I need to find I need I need to find value in something. Right. Because I'm starting to feel more and more that I'm not, I don't even feel accepted by God because all this stuff is happening to me. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I think if I were to backtrack a little bit before that, um, some of that, some of that stuff was also ingrained in me as a kid because, um, when my parents and I would get into fights or arguments, um, and some of those, uh, fights would be very, uh, volatile. Yeah. Um, you know, like not to put my dad on blast, but you know, we used to get beat. Um, I mean, there's, I feel like there's what, there's, there's ways of disciplining kids that are like justly. Mm. And then there's times where you just get beat because they're just frustrated with you. Like right. I'm getting whacked with a metal hanger. I'm getting punched in the face. I'm getting a bottle thrown at me. Um, yeah. those kind of things, like just, it's just over the top. Mm. Um, we had those types of fights as a, as a young kid and the way that they were rectified was, um, they would go buy me something. Like, here's a complete baseball set of clear cards. Right. You know? And so, like, getting things that I want the way I want it, I, I felt accepted. Yeah. That way. And so, um, growing up and fast forwarding to, you know, college, if things weren't happening for me, I felt like I wasn't accepted. And, yeah, I was going to church, but the whole notion that God already accepted me for before I even had a chance to even realize uh, the or experience the love that he has for me, like that wasn't even like on my radar. Mm. I still saw God as I need to do something yeah, in order for him to approve of me. And right now he's not approving of me. And I'm just <laughs> spiraling because I'm going from, I'm going from one bad relationship to the next. I'm, I'm not engaged in my church community. I have no desire to, to go to God. I'm just, it's just my thing right now that I have on the side. Right. Um, I just need to get through college and figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Hmm. Um, and so college was, was very um, uh, frustrating for me. And in the midst of all that, my parents, um, you know, because they, never, they didn't get to get a house after we lost the first one. Right. Um, we were all staying at my grandmother's house here in Fremont. And I was living on a couch for two years. And because my wow. sister and her kids took one bedroom, my parents took the other bedroom. Yeah. And so that got hard because there was nowhere for me to even study. I couldn't do it at a coffee shop. Yeah, I couldn't, whole, fo- I couldn't focus. Your whole life is surrounded by yeah, and emotion. it was it was just it was just awkward. Like it was, um, you know, if people come over, like I have to get up and get out of the way because I don't want people coming in, and I'm still sleeping on a couch. Yeah, you know, it's just it's your bedroom. My, yeah, my clothes are on a portable closet hanging out in the living room. It was just really awkward. Yeah, um, and I didn't see an end to it, and so. Um, I felt like nothing was stable. I had right. nothing to hang on to. I had nothing to point to, nothing tangible. I was just frustrated. And I was trying to find value even in in, in girls. I would uh, get with people for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, totally uh, selfish um, motives just to feel loved even though it wasn't real. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least the, the facsimile of it, right? Yeah, and so... Um, you know, all this up until, you know, I was 21 years old. Um, I was feeling these things. Yeah. Um, and then after college, it, it didn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, 
after college, uh, well, during college as I'm majoring in um, uh, a bachelor's for uh, electronic engineering, yeah, I found I found out that I like doing sales more. So I was actually huh. a, um, a cell phone sales rep okay. at, a, at a Pacific Bell store. And um, I found that like that was easier for me to make an income than some of my classmates were doing as an intern right as a as a double e intern yeah and so i'm thinking oh, i should have just went into something else but it was too late i was almost done with my degree yeah and so um, after college i i continued to work at a cell phone store became a store manager and i ended up meeting um, my classmate's cousin um who needed a phone, and then we got together. Okay. Um, if you remember, we were talking about earlier how, uh, like, the feeling of Christmas when I was uh, there. Like, I would, yeah. I would, uh, I would be there, and she would introduce me to her family. So I kind of had these, these, you know, feelings, and uh, like I felt like things were going to be right, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and then that relationship just went sour, and uh, after like six, seven months, and but she was a Christian. But she was a Christian just mm. because she went to church, right. type of Christian. But that relationship after college um, was so bad in the breakup, and because nothing else seemed to be going right, like mm. my family situation didn't resolve itself. Um, the church was split, but then trying to get back together again. I mean, it was just really rocky. What was bad about the breakup? It was just um, emotionally hard, or? Yeah, her ex was still in the picture. Okay. Um, so I had trust issues, mm. and um, she had uh, short temper issues, and mm. so it was just a, a, a combination of different things. Um, Volatile. And then it got to the point where we're together, but we're not together. So yeah. nobody really knew what we stood for or if what we were. Mm. And so there's always this guessing and assumptions on both sides. Yeah. But I don't remember what, what it was, but there was this one big blow up and I wanted to die. Mm. Like I felt like there was nothing to stand for. Right. Um, I felt like God just didn't need me or didn't accept me or, I never felt accepted by him at all for the in the past, I don't know, six, seven years up to that point. You know? Right. I felt like I was just doing things wrong all the time. And there was this one day where, um, you know, I, I drove up to Coyote Hills and, and I, and I stood there and I was just like, I just wanted to just jump off one of the edges onto the, onto the trail at the bottom. Yeah. You know, tumble down or something. I just, I just didn't want to feel and um for whatever reason i i didn't leave my phone in the car i bought it with me and i get a phone call and it's a buddy of mine um just saying hey i i just want to see how you're doing i had a feeling to just call you hmm. so random weird yeah just like you know and i just lost it i was just like man like there's so much, you know. I I don't have a stable home right now. I'm living on my grandma's couch. Yeah. Da, 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 this, you know, this girl, this and that, and you know, I graduated from college, but I'm I'm in this job that's like I don't even know what it's 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 not even my degree. And, yeah. Um, and I just, I just felt like I hit rock bottom, 
And so he was like, wait, just don't do anything. You know, he called another friend to go get me. And um, it's a dark spot. You know, it was very um, uh, scary to be in that moment where I really felt like I just wanted to die because I just wanted to escape pain. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's like Hmm. I know people today are battling with mental illnesses and and they they struggle with depression yeah and i don't know what that feels like to go to to experience that every single day because that one day was a lot right but to have that every day is that's tough yeah you know and so um that that came about and a few months later i think um i was talking to one of the pastors at the church and i was just telling them that uh i just i think i just need a community of people my age to pour into me there's just a sense of like i just there's nobody here in the early 20s that i know of that i can that i can depend upon yeah and he's like well why don't you start one start a group (laughs) okay and so it's like okay so three of us met on a Wednesday night at a coffee shop called Patty's in Union City. Okay. Um, and eventually, like, other people in their 20s started coming. Huh. Um, some friends of ours. I mean, no real format other than we just asked God questions. Yeah. But then we started forming um, some pretty solid friendships. Some of them go to Resonate today. And that's that's wow. how we found out about Resonate is because some of these people started going to Resonate first. Wow. And so... Um, yeah, this this small group of twenty somethings met every Wednesday. Um, about a year or so, almost a year later, uh, one of the girls that went to this group uh, ran into Rona, uh, Michael's Arts and Crafts, and they're like, "Hey, um, uh, do you know remember Justin Abley from high school? Yeah, we he leads this group on Wednesdays. You want to come check it out?" Hmm. And Rona just became a Christian or just started attending the Christian church like two months earlier okay. to that. So she came a couple of times, but I wasn't there. Um, I was doing some theater work in San Francisco, so I missed those two Wednesdays. Uh, theater, but theater work. Oh, so okay. Should we, so should so we come back to that. Or yeah. You, so let you can't just like well, so, okay, drop so, that. <laughs> okay. So so um, so eventually, Ron and I met, and then a few months later, we started dating, and then yeah, the rest is history. Well, and then we'll circle back to the Ron and I in a bit. But yeah. So yeah, I was doing theater work. Okay. Um, in the midst of trying to just figure out where I belong. Drumming or No, I was acting. You were acting. Mm-hmm. I, I was I, I was never, I, I was on stage. I, I didn't know this. There's what there's 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 a I have a DVD and Rona teases me all the time. There's this no. there's a scene. Uh we were doing this show at uh Kelsey Hayward and there's a scene where um a girl and I are about to make out. <laughs> and it's like it's so tense. It's quiet. She's yeah. up against a tree. I'm coming closer, and then the lights up to dim. <laughs> it's so. I mean, during rehearsal, we're just laughing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did some theater work here in, in wow. East Bay and in San Francisco. I had no idea. Um, no, a... no real training other than a bunch of friends that knew some folks in San Francisco, and we just started hanging out. Yeah. Um, I probably did that maybe about two or three years. Wow. How um, fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and some of them are, you know, I'm still connected to some of them and, uh, it was a good time. I mean, um, got to learn a lot about like 
how that stuff works. You know? Yeah. Um, I did some underscoring too, um, some musical scoring for some of the shows. Um, but it was fun. It was a it was a good time. Wow. Um, cool. But eventually, I just stopped doing it when Ron and I started dating more. And, right. You no, know, that just kind of. They, that kind of just fell aside. They tend to take up your surplus uh, <laughs> time, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and that was, all of this happened with Ron and I and the theater stuff. That probably took us up to about 2005, okay. 2006. Yeah. So at some point in there, you're you're having like a turning back toward your faith, is what I'm hearing. Somewhat. Slowly, yeah. Um, I think, the relationship um, put me in a spot where uh, I'm starting to feel trust again mm. with just with being in a relationship and seeing a little more clearly what God is doing because I think I just need to break away from everything. I think that point of wanting to die mm. um, just hit rock bottom. I think yeah, that kind of just settled some things in my head. Um, by this time, my parents ended up moving to Las Vegas, huh. and so they. So I was the only. One, I'm still the only one here in okay. California. Everybody just packed up and left. My grandparents ended up moving there. Wow. My sister went there, um, and so I'm the only one out here. But regarding the faith part, uh, there was a an individual, um, a pastor friend that came in and tried to bring the church split together again, hmm. and and he did. His name was uh, Pastor Mike Perkinson, and uh, uh, he was very influential in getting my walk aligned with the okay. gospel. Right. Or at least seeing that Jesus actually still accepts you and already knew of your sin before you committed it and still loves you anyways. Yeah. And so um, he was, he became more of like a spiritual father to me. He was one that, um, you know, just showed me the ropes, um, showed a, a ton of grace, was super patient with me. Um, he had put me in positions of leadership, of projects and church politics. And even though I was just this young 20 something, he was, uh, putting me in positions to lead. And he was very influential in my relationship with Rona cause we would meet with him once a month. Right. Um, even if we didn't know we were getting married or not, just the fact that we were dating and he was speaking into us um, was uh, very, very powerful. Hmm. So for anyone listening that is talk, thinking about doing premarital or pre-engagement, yeah. like, I'm all for it. Do like, it. it you got to do it. Do it. Because you don't want to ask the questions after you're married. Yeah. Who you are know? you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what do you do with your money? <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of things. So, oh, you don't want kids. Yeah. Or, or you do want kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I go, okay. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't tell me about that stuff. Good to know. You know, um, so very, very um, beneficial to do that because mm. we went through it. We saw the benefits in it. So Pastor Mike was very influential in helping uh, restore and rebuild a lot of that. Go Pastor Mike. Yep. And so, um, yeah, that was... 2005, 2006, he ended up moving to Arizona. Uh, but I think, but we still kept in touch. Hmm. And so, um, you know, there were just things that he just poured into us yeah. and uh, helped me to see what it's like to be, what it, what, what God's intentions are for men. Hmm. And um, I think 
that was never really explained to me before. Right. You know, what does it mean to be a man of God? Um, what does it mean to be a leader that is um, leading others to Christ? You know? Yeah. And so a lot of those uh, truths were being uh, poured into me. And so um, eventually Ron and I got married in 2009. Um, he came down and he did our wedding. And uh, um, a year later, um, the denomination that we were a part of wanted to uh, do home church networks. Okay. And so Rona and I and the Hirsch family uh, opted to I was, go into I was, that. I was just going to ask you if you knew the Hirsches because I know they went there yeah. during that he time. Was, he, okay. So Ben was uh, the one that I started that I started that Wednesday night 20 somethings with. Oh. He was he was the one that <laughs> was cool. overseeing it. Yeah. Right on. He was when I went to it's like I got no friends that I can Yeah. Can. He's just like, "Well, why don't you start one?" And so that was that was Ben. Classic pastor move. Yeah. You have and a so, problem? You fix <laughs> you it. Fix right? it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You got hands? <laughs> Use them. Um so yeah, um uh the Hershes and Ron and I uh we did a did home church for two years and it was hard mm. because no one really poured into us. Nah, so, and we didn't really have a vision. We were just, an island. yeah, we were just meeting every week, either our house or theirs, read scripture, break bread, get involved with nonprofits mm. in the, in Fremont. But there wasn't really any direction of growing or developing disciples or to, right. dup- uh, duplicating ourselves. Um, and so it got very hard right? Um, after, you know, two years. But while we were doing that, uh, there were some of our friends, like Brian and Michelle Calais, yeah. uh, Sarah and Danny McLaughlin. Okay. Um, they started attending uh, Resonate, Janethan Scott, Lingafield. They were all part of this group that we would meet on Wednesdays yeah. at the previous church. And they all started coming to Resonate. And so in 2012... Um, they they were inviting us like yes come check out this new church that's you know uh, coming up here in Fremont and so one one Sunday Rona was in Arizona visiting her sister the Hershes were out of town and I was like oh I'll, I'll go because I got nowhere else to go right home church is closed for yeah this week, right? nobody else here is this me you know? <laughs> and so I went. Um, they were at the adult school and, yeah. uh, Daniel was there. He introduced me to Jackson. Okay. Jackson was the first person I met and, uh, um, was very, uh, um, awe-inspired, I guess. Hmm. Cause Ryan was preaching that day and, uh, I didn't understand. I've always used the word grace and you kind of grew up hearing the word grace, God's grace, yeah. God loves you, and this and that. But I don't think I've ever heard it in a way that is taught at Resonate, mm-hmm. where you're a sinner, <laughs> and yep. and uh, <laughs> and the, to emphasize the severity of your sins. Um, this is this is what it is in front of God. This is how like God forgave your sins. We we kind of use that term loosely, but yeah. But I think. This Sunday, it was very uh, honed in on that. The severity of your sin deserves death. It truly does. Mm. Um, but I think by emphasizing 
the weight of that only uh, shows how much greater God's grace is for us. That the, the, the greater the sin, the greater the love is for Christ. The greater the grace is for us to even cover yeah. that. Yeah. You know, and I think that was an eye opener for me hmm. because um, I, I didn't see it that way. I think I, I knew it in a way, but, but right. for it to be taught that way was, was a, was a, it just blew my mind. Hmm. And so when Rona came back, I'm like, Hey, I think you should come check out this church. I even told the Hershey's like, I think you should check out this church. And, huh. and, um, yeah, everyone was like, well, we'll see. And I'm like, no, 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 let's just, let's just, let's just go. And then yeah. uh, Ben knew Scott Taylor because they were part of the same swim organization. The SEALs. The SEALs, yeah. Yep. And so um, <clears throat> so basically Rona came. She was like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and we met uh, Mike and Dee. Okay. Um, Brian Clay has introduced us to them. And this was on an MC Expo Sunday that Rona came. Right. And so D and Mike were like, why don't you come sign up for a group? And and the reason why Brian introduced us because is because uh, Rona and I were doing premarital counseling with some of our friends that were looking at getting married. Okay. And so Brian thought it'd be cool for us to meet Mike and D. Yeah. And so yeah, we they, signed up. They run the yeah they run counseling it. Yep. division. Yeah. Yep. yep. Whatever whatever you call it. Yeah. And so, um, we joined an MC before even committing to resonate we, missional a missional community missional community yeah we joined a missional community thinking that oh we're just part of this married couples bible study right and had no idea <laughs> what we were getting into right. and it was just cool that we like looking back at it yeah we joined a missional community group it was called an mcg back then yeah um before even committing to resonate but out of that group we got to meet some really cool friends that were we're very close with today. Yeah. Mark and Rose Flores, uh, Don and Anna No, Vic and Tan uh, Nguyen, uh, yeah. Steve and Mary Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we uh, we got plugged in. That was sort of the, the entryway into, into Resonate. And eventually, you know, after talking with Ben and Desiree, we were just like, I think we're going to we're going to be committed to, to Resonate's mission. Hmm. And so we ended up joining the church uh, two months later. And that was in? That was the end of 2012. 2012, okay. What, if, if you were to put a point on, <clears throat> what's, what makes a MC different from like the traditional, like a Bible study or yeah. a fellowship or a prayer group or, right. you know, all these other labels that you hear? Yeah. And so I, I would say... You know, from coaching and coaching a missional community, coaching missional community leaders, or just leading a, a, an MC myself, hmm. we you get exposed to different people with different expectations coming in. Yeah, and some people would ask like, "Oh, are we going to study the Bible?" Or, you know, some people think, "Oh, this is just a, a great way to get to know people." Hmm. And I I think that the difference that I see with a missional community is. Um, you know, some churches call it life groups or small groups. Yeah. And I, I think with a missional community, um, I think there is a there's a, a laser sharp intention from the leaders to see people um, recognize how beautiful Christ is. And as that gets unpacked, 
um, they're going to want to read scripture. They're going to want to be in community. They're going to want to worship. They're going to want to be missional um, as a response to how the gospel applies to their life. Yeah. And so I think it's great that when we start these, these um, missional communities, like we share stories yeah. And in, in part of that storytelling, uh, we find where people are excelling in their walk. And at the same time, as a community, you can identify uh, where the roadblocks are at, where the blind spots are at. Right. And that you're surrounded by people that already love you because, um, and there's no judgment there because of the fact that, that the leaders of these small, small groups recognize that Christ loved them first. You know, so so judgment's out the door. Yeah. At least that's what I would hope. Yeah. You know, and that we can speak into these, uh, into these small into the people attending our small groups, um, from a place of love, not judgment. Like, hey, yeah. I I know that uh, you're living with your girlfriend. Yeah. And I know that, um, that you're you're deeply in love with her, but that dream is too small. That desire is too small. Hmm. Like I want you to see that the intimacy that you're that you're longing for with your girlfriend is nothing compared to the intimacy that Christ wants with you. Yeah. And hmm. as a small group, like, do you trust that God placed us here to speak into you? And if that's true, then let us help you see that intimacy with Christ is so much better. And that if you want to lead your your girlfriend. In a way that is holy and honoring, yeah. Um, you would not lead her in this way. That you would be the spiritual leader in this relationship and pull out mm. and, and 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 not be living with her for the sake of honoring God, um, and to and also saying that you know my my intimacy with Christ is so much greater than this. Mm. But I, I I love you, but I love Jesus more because I'm starting to see more and more uh, his his love and what he has done for me. How can I not? And so, um, it's like, that's what I would hope that a small group can, can, yeah. the environment that they can create, you know, it, it's real. It's on, on the ground in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think especially as guys, <coughs> like a lot of times our tendency, <coughs> easy, <laughs> he's back. <laughs> Here it comes again. Okay. Sorry. I think our, uh, our tendency as guys is to. We want to like intellectualize things and go to a small group and we'll have the talk, you know, let's talk about the scripture and here's what it means. Oh yeah. Oh, and the the closest you'll get a lot of times is like, oh yeah, this forgiveness. uh, That's, yeah, that's tough for me. Mm -hmm. Mm, Pray for me. Yeah. But I think the goal is like, well, how, right. What, what are, what are you trying to forgive? What have you not forgiven? What happened? Who yeah. did it? What, yeah. Like there's, there's that whole, let's dive through yeah, this thing yeah. and really uproot it. Right. And that's, uh, that's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Yeah. It's awkward. And it's, and it's, <laughs> it's, and in some cases it's, it's with people that you don't even know if you can trust. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I get it. Like I would be scared too, but I'm not trusting the people. Like I want people joining small groups. I want them to not trust these people. But that trust that God is actually there using him. And that and that my identity of approval doesn't come from how these people in small groups see me. Right. It comes from Christ. 
Christ already died for my sins. So that frees me up to, to talk about my weaknesses and talks, talks about my feelings because that only glorifies God. Yeah. It doesn't glorify myself or, 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 or put me on a, put me in a position where I am, I am, I'm less than it's like, no, that even despite my, my issues that God would still love me. And that yeah. frees me up to share with others because it's God that's being glorified. Not, not me. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it is. I want to join. I want to join one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 don't. I'm not part of every missional community, but I, I hope that we can create that environment. Yeah. You know, and that it's not just a Wednesday night. It's not just a Saturday morning. That it's it's like that the that the missional community leaders can go to bed at night, burdened by. I wonder if so and so got that worked out. Yeah. I wonder if. If he's still feeling this, let me text him. Right. You know, let me let me ping this person and go grab coffee with them on Thursday. Yeah. And even though that's not our missional community night. Mm-hmm. You know, so it so out of the outpouring of the love and the burden and desire to see people grow, we organically connect outside of our designated MC times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's I I hope that that our our leaders sense that and feel right. that and and pour that out into their small groups because we're going to see the city won and it's not going to be by what happens on Sunday even that's a part of it yeah i think a major part of it is what happens during the week through these missional communities i mean it's such a strong driving force in seeing the gospel spread oh it is you know that's that's our whole the whole church yeah, really is based around that that MC system, whatever right. it is. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure how how many. Do you know how many MCs there are right now at, at Resonate? I don't even know. Um, I don't know less than a hundred leaders, I think we have. Um, so I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know the exact number. There's something like six or seven hundred people mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. So I don't know how you how you break that up. Some have more than others, right? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> some people attend like ten. <laughs> Yeah, I go to my couple's one, I go to the men's one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's so effective and so instrumental in seeing um, the the good news of Jesus lived out and flourish. Because on a Sunday, it's so easy to just show up, feel inspired, grab a donut, and then leave. And we totally miss all the other possible connections that could happen. Yeah. But being plugged in with an MC, I think there's so many things that could, God can do through those small groups. Yeah. Well, and it, it's a big crowd too. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's noisy and it's, you know, there's a lot of comings and goings. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's, you know, unless that's part of your job, which is kind of mine, mm-hmm. it's hard to really connect in, in that. Yeah. You know, the services run quick. The time between is real short. Yeah. So, yeah, you rely a lot on that personal connection outside yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to bring that community and i think it's huge yeah 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 it is i mean it was instrumental for us and we joined a like you're saying I, we joined a small group uh, a missional community before we even committed to resonate yeah i you did know. too yeah you joined, you joined <laughs> I, mine i joined yours yeah. <laughs> it's funny yeah yeah I, was, I wasn't even i was two weeks into it the the mc expo was my second week mm-hmm and they said, hey, we're doing small groups. <laughs> I was like, when when do they meet? Is it on Sundays? No. You can pick, like, there's all kinds of days and times. And yeah. it's like, oh, cool. So I can still, like, 
cheat on my old church <laughs> and i can i can start growing and like getting what, discipled and stuff here right what was it about that mc that you it was because it was seven thirty on a saturday morning and that just fit was that what it was it was a we met early on a right at a, a suju's yeah well because i so i was full-time truck driving mm-hmm. uh during most days so from 5 a.m until 4 or 5 p.m yeah um and then one night a week i was actually on the pastoral search committee okay for the my old church yep the next night i was leading an awana program okay the night after that there was something else i was doing so almost all my evenings were loaded up Mm. and i was like i don't i don't want to do something in another evening yeah and i said if friday night kind of stinks because that's like when stuff happens yeah you know yep and then so I was like, oh, cool, there's a Saturday morning one. Like, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Cool, okay, I'll show up to that one then. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll figure out who this Justin guy is when, yeah. I, when I get there. Hopefully he'll be there. And I, can... <laughs> I remember walking in. I remember walking into Sujus that morning. It was cold yeah. and dark. And like I was telling you earlier, you know, Matt Knudsen and I were, yeah. uh, you know, scouring Facebook. Like, who is this guy? Which one is he? Just like four <laughs> Ryan Webbers. Um we don't know anything because we already had a, a somewhat established M- missional community from the previous semester. Right. Same people coming in. So I think you were the only new face. Right. And so I remember walking into Suju's. I saw you sitting there with a Dickies jacket on. Yep. But I wasn't quite sure if that was you or not. Yeah. And and then other people started showing up. And then you eventually walked over and introduced yourself. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, dang, this guy is tall. <laughs> And I'm so sorry that you have to bend down to like talk to me, you know. Um, but what stood out to me, Ryan, was uh, that's funny. I remember asking you that morning, uh, "Why did you join a missional community?" Yeah, not knowing that you had been involved in everything that you just listed. I didn't know right. what church you came from. I didn't know anything about you. And I remember asking you, "Why did you join a missional community?" And the first thing you told me was, "I want to be discipled." Yeah, and I'm thinking wow you know yeah yet now learning that you were doing all this other stuff and you're still at a place where i want to grow yeah i I was huge i i I think i don't know how many people have asked that question in my small groups before but that one stood out to me Mm. um more so now because i see how god's been just working through you yeah especially right here in the resonate community it's just been he's been busy (laughs) it's been it's been awesome yeah so well um, it it was one of those cases where like you can do a lot mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you're like going anywhere yeah you're You're not growing you're just busy you're just doing things yeah and that's what I felt like for a long time. I was just doing a lot yeah I was really involved on the outside it was Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. oh yeah Ryan he does everything yeah but in this side, I'm like, I'm the same guy as I was like eight years ago. Like okay. nothing's changing. I want to grow. Like I hear about this discipleship thing and mm-hmm. I'm asking people for it. And like, where do I, where do I get it? Yeah. I was desperate. Yeah. And that, that's why when the MC thing came up, <clears throat> I was like, okay, let, let's try that. Mm-hmm. You know, this place sounds legit. Yeah. Like I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. 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 I still, I still look, you know, the, the you know, the relationships that were, began in that mc you know and that was almost five years ago mm-hmm. 
they're still strong. Yeah. You know? I still yeah. talk to Bernie. I know his kids. Yeah. You know? Travis texts me all the time from Texas. Yeah. You know, the same guys. I see Chris Nance on Sundays. And yeah. How you doing, man? Like, these guys. Yeah. This is that was my first community within the community. You know? Yeah. Those are the real guys. They got the real deal. And we went deep. Yeah. And that, that, Yeah, we did. It changes you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No, <laughs> thanks, no, thank, thanks for being willing to lead th- that thing. Thank I mean, you. That, thank you, God. Because that was... That was... Uh, that was um it was great i mean even when we moved over to travis's home on a saturday morning and they would just yeah, cook breakfast test run all their mc expo catering yes. foods with us i was just like okay thank you travis and lexi move back uh, yeah i know texas got nothing yeah, yeah whatever. we Fly, got we got jacks we got floods and fires you want this <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so you've talked a, a little bit about like that you coach mcs so I, I want to get into like what is your current like role as far as the the church and everything goes. Um, I think. I think the one that I hold closest to me now is elder of the church. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a year ago that I was installed. It was two years up until that point of meeting with Ryan and a few others every. Wednesday morning, what was it? Wednesday morning? I mean, we were early. Yeah, it's early know, Wednesdays. Writing papers, and um, I think um, just the process of going through being an elder, being raised up to be an elder, um, going through it, I, I, I feel the burden and mm. the weight and the responsibility to see God's church flourish. Yeah. And to to protect doctrine and to ensure that um, people are growing, that people that are hurt are healing, that people that uh, are, that go unnoticed are recognized, Mm. you know, um, to find where people are at and to um, see what they're chasing after. You know, I, 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 I feel that the most, especially as an elder now, yeah. Um, the 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 dependency on the other elders to uh, to lead this church. I mean, it's so cool to see all these guys get together and how we hash out leadership decisions. Yeah. You know, it's so cool to um, to see that um, there's there's no one individual. There's no uh, pride. There's no anything everyone is submitted and wanting to see god glorified Hmm. and um it's easy to assume that doesn't happen but to be part of it yeah it's like it's true it really like you really see the leadership team yeah you know fight to see god's glory happen that's rare it is rare more often than not, you hear about leadership teams fighting each other. Yeah. To see what happens. Yeah. Not, not in alignment. Yeah. Right. You, yeah, you you do. You see political things happen. Yeah. Um, there's there's been disagreements, but they're not. Um, it hasn't been like uh, anything where um, people are put down or. Mm left out or and there's, there's been none of that there's always been encouragement 
um, pouring into, um, you know, there's, there's such strong accountability within the group. Um, and so having a role of an elder, uh, I am, I am grateful that God would allow me to see that aspect of, of church leadership yeah. and experience it. Um, and to know that it's not taken lightly. Um, I know that in some cases it's more like, Oh, you want to be one? Okay, great. Yeah. You know, there was how, how much do you give? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there was, I mean, even going through the process, there was no guarantee. Right. You know? Um, and even when Ryan first asked me to go through the, the training, um, you know, Rona and I prayed about it as Rona was afraid that there might be more commitment taken away. Right. Um, but it was a it was a honoring uh, process to go through. Even if I wasn't confirmed, I think I I think the growth and the the pouring into that happened in those two years of training mm. was was tremendous. And so um, the role of an elder, I I I feel strongly towards yeah. and yeah. and want. I feel the burden to see the church grow and to flourish. Um, but some of the other things I do at Resonate, um, <clears throat> I I lead a an M, a, I lead a small group now, a missional community on on Wednesdays. Yep. Um, great group of guys. Um, I barely knew some of them, and so going through this first semester and just seeing uh, relationships slowly develop, I I can see where certain relationships are going to be going and what trajectory they're going in because yeah. I've seen it before. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so I'm excited to be in the beginning stages of that. Um, in addition to that, I I coach four MC leaders. We just had a great breakfast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Okay, um, you know, great guys. Uh, they love the dudes in their group. You show up to their groups on occasion. Um, I haven't yet. Okay, we all tend to meet on the same day. <laughs> skip so, years to go to. The... Well, <laughs> what I I don't want to do that until I sure up having an apprentice yeah and i we're close to having one i, cool. I think uh we've been talking often and praying so um but i haven't shown up to the group um it's not really a requirement but right. i would love to just right. because um that's what i did before as a full-time coach yeah uh so um yeah i coach mc leaders that's fun um, they, they're great um, I also oversee um, or set up and tear down team leads for the gym. Yeah. So those guys, um, you know, they nobody sees what they do. Nobody yeah. sees what these what their teams do. You see the product. You see the product. Yeah. But they don't. Nobody sees the hours that go into setting up a Sunday morning or the hours of taking it down. Yeah. Um, and these well, guys lead the charge. You know what they don't see is how happy they are to do it yeah there's joy it blows me away yeah there's every, every I, I i show up early mm -hmm. you know yep. and these guys are good morning hey yeah how's it going yep. Woo! happy sunday Woo! let's push something give me a box <laughs> yeah we're doing good today guys we're on track we're ahead of schedule all right be safe yeah. you know they share scripture early early in the morning and yeah. when when people should be grumpy mm -hmm. and like i have to do this mm -hmm. like, no one says that yeah we get to do this yeah it's crazy yeah there was a there was a guy that came out 
um, a couple months ago. He's helping us find a creative arts director. Yeah. And uh, oh right, right. Yeah, he came out and um, I picked him up at at the hotel on a Sunday morning. We came to the campus about five thirty. <laughs> you know, it, he wasn't jet lagged because he's from Arizona, so he had, right. like, an, he had like an hour on his. A little chipper. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I I was like. He was yeah. a big dude. Yeah, he was. He was as tall as me. He, <laughs> That's weird. He was. He was. Uh, yeah, his his shirt could be my bed's blanket. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, he would hug me, and I would disappear. A twin. You know, where did Justin go? Oh, he's hugging him. He got <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. But he he said something that was very interesting because he was talking to the people doing setup, and he was saying, you know, he goes to different churches all around the country. Yeah. And he was saying that when you go to a church, you kind of get the feeling of, you know, there's people that are guests. Like if you think about a home analogy, there are people that are guests that just come over. Yeah. There's people that, that rent. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that own the home. Yeah. And not once did he feel that anybody saw themselves as a renter or a guest that were serving. Interesting. That set up a turnout. Everybody took ownership of what they were doing. And I believe that is only because of the leadership that these team leads have poured into their teams, that nobody's here to earn God's favor. Nobody's here to look good in front of anybody else. Nobody's here for any type of kudos. Um, Everyone that's serving on the setup and teardown teams are only doing it in response to the good news that they have heard. Yeah. And they want others to see it. You know, and so, um, and they're going to put their best foot forward. And that's why this gentleman felt like these, these, uh, serve staff folks were, um, taking ownership. Yeah. I wouldn't say, you know, there's pride, but I would say that there's a sense of, of, of godly joy in what they're doing. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. I oversee them. It's amazing. Yeah. So there's a. There's a church uh, that that came out to visit us mm-hmm. because they were considering uh, planting a church and being a portable setup. So they sent you know their people out to check us you know check it out and all yeah, that. Yeah. And this is a church with you know I, I, I won't say who they are because I don't know what you know whatever. But they've got resources coming out of their ears that, that mm-hmm. make us look like a grade school. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went home and. You know, they decided not to do it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because they they just said like the the culture that's there. You know that that ownership you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, like we don't really know how we would go about creating that, hmm. and we don't want to do it unless that's there. Wow. Okay. Because they have all the stuff. They can buy everything in the world. And have, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. It's all there. But there, there was a culture thing that they were like, okay, this is different. We got to go back and, and process this a little more. Wow. Okay. You know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag like on, oh, we're so great. It was just different. It's different. Yeah. And there, there's something like God's doing things, mm-hmm. even in early in the morning. Yeah. And it, it, it blows me away when I see it. I'm just, I still don't understand how. Yeah. We've been portable for eight years and there's still people happy about doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. And I'm, what I'm also excited about with the current team leads is that one of them had shared a year and a half ago, we had different team leaders. Yeah. 
and they all had stepped aside not because they were burned out because not because they were burned out but they stepped aside because they wanted to see other leaders step in they still come they still come yeah. yeah and one of the current team leaders were saying to be witness to that to see that a leader would step aside not because they're burned out but because they want to give others the opportunity to experience the same joy right uh, was so encouraging to this current team leader and so um yeah just just uh, 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 watching them lead their huddles. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's tasks that need to be done. There's processes that need to be put in place, and you know we're gonna get it wrong every now and then. Things get yeah, things go missing, and you know there <laughs> could be get, there could be some frustrations here and there. But things tip over. Things tip over. <laughs> you know, people get smashed. <laughs> but you know, it's all good. It's still good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, okay. in, in the in the big picture, it's it's a. Uh, um, you know they, they still push forward. Yeah, and uh, and so it's just been a joy to to be a part of um, uh, working with them. Yeah, you know. So there's that, and then the last thing is playing drums. Yeah. So every month or so here. Yeah, up every there. Co- every couple of weeks. Two couple weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You're good at it. I'm not a drummer, <laughs> but. I, I can drum with like two limbs. Okay. I'm a two limb drummer. <laughs> but as soon as you add that third the foot or the other hand or whatever uh-huh. else you got that just it falls apart. I can't I can't do it. I don't know how you get four four things going at the same time. I don't know I don't even know. And sometimes one of them is doing two things. So you got like five <laughs> different it's like I I just watch like how is that happening? Some kind of robot. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, I find so much joy in the midst of worship. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a ton of people looking at us, but I don't even care. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's this something about, like, the songs become prayers. Yeah. I'm doing something that I feel God has created me to do, and it's not any type of credit to like oh you know he's good or his ability is you know on point it's like no like Mm. regardless of that like i i want to honor god and i want to praise him and i want others to join in on this you know yeah you guys can clap and watch drum stuff but i really want you guys to just um worship yeah you know and we are we are entering into the presence of a holy god yeah. And we are, we are, um, that was not possible <laughs> unless yeah. Christ died for our sins and we get to praise him this morning. So, yeah, um, it's, it's worship yeah, with a capital W. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not something that you do like, okay, this is worship time. Yeah. It's, I'm singing or clapping or even just listening. Mm-hmm to him Mm -hmm. this is i'm i'm intimate with my creator right now yeah you know the veil is torn yeah i get to have this relationship with him you know the natural response is just to to worship Mm -hmm. and your drumming is worship Mm -hmm. you're you're leading worship but your drumming is worship yeah (laughs) to him it's it's a yeah yeah that's a relatively new thing yeah yeah for me i i've always found you know, church karaoke. Oh, okay. 
to be yeah. you're just awkward mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are yeah. we doing why are yeah. we following the yeah. bouncing ball yeah <laughs> this, this just feels like karaoke it's like what is it but it, it yeah it wasn't until yeah maybe that's three or four years mm-hmm. i was like oh like this is a prayer yeah we're giving people words to say to god yeah. like i'm I, yeah. I forget it was one of the worship leaders just said that just kind of like you know in between songs like okay you guys like we're you know we're singing prayers yeah to god yeah i was like oh of course but then i, I was like oh we are <laughs> like what if i okay well let me try to let me try to sing this song mm-hmm. like to him yeah. like like as if it's a prayer <clears throat> and it changed everything mm-hmm. it's like this is great yeah i do it every time yeah I tell our kids to do it yep like sing this like you're praying like yeah. imagine that he's listening because he yeah. is yeah 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 i like i really like the little drummer boy song i mean it's not a conventional worship song that you would normally play on a sunday morning but it yeah. still is a worship song yeah and i just love the lyrics because it's i'm a poor boy i got nothing to bring to this king but let me just play a drum for you <laughs> yeah. you know and and it's just let me just let me let me just give you what you have designed me to do um and let me bring others alongside and and worship and honor you um as well so little drummer boy it says come they told me a newborn king to see our finest gift we bring to lay before the king so to honor him <laughs> little baby i have no gift to bring shall i play for you and mary nodded and i played that's all he has to give yeah that's it. worship that's it so my question to those that are listening and even for those that are on Sunday is, what is your drum? Mm. You know, that Christ can step out of his eternal security and die and give his all because he, he loves you. Like that, that moves us. Yeah. You know, to be loved in that way, that moves people. And how do we move? Yeah. You know, what is our drum? How do we respond to that? And uh, um, we get to do that on a Sunday morning. Every week. Every week. (laughs) Or in traffic. It's amazing. Yeah. So as as part of your eldership duties, Hmm. you were deeply involved in this building acquisition. Not as much as some others, but so, yeah. Some others were, <laughs> some others were like deep, like like their forehead showing and that's it. Yeah, losing yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are, just from your from your angle, so to, to review, Resonate Church has been portable mm-hmm. in four or five different locations in the last almost nine years. Yeah. And finally was able to buy a structure mm-hmm. that we're going to actually do church in every week. It's going to mm-hmm. be ours. Yeah. And as of like last week or whatever, it's official. Like all documents are signed. And, uh, it's ours. <clears throat> yep. Proven by the fact that I I went there and ran through a bunch of walls myself. Yeah. So. Now it used to be the men's warehouse, so that means that we have to wear suits every Sunday. I know it's that kind of church now. Yeah, it's one of those contracts. Yeah. Yep. By the book. <laughs> Sunday Sunday best. Yeah, it was the men's warehouse. Corporate office. I saw him in a commercial today. George Zimmerman? Yeah, okay. yeah, on, on a TV. He's looking yeah. old. Okay. But I, I just wanted to tell him, like, George, <laughs> man, I, I, 
I know where your office was, man. Yeah. I've been in there. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> now it's a church. It's a church now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no. But what, what's that been like for you? Like, cause you're, what are you, what are you processing elder wise as we approach a facility? Like what, what are you guys talking about? Um, yeah, there's a couple, there's a bunch of things that get brought up. A lot of the conversations that have been going on and it's evident in our members meetings too, is, uh, just the finances Yeah, and just being good stewards of it. Uh, what do we hold back on? What do we pour money into? And the goal in anything, any decision that is being made is we want to advance the kingdom. Yeah. So what does that look like? Where, yeah. where can, where can the kingdom be advanced and how? And so there's been a lot of conversations about a lot of meetings about, um, monies and campaigns and, 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 you know, just the whole build out. Yeah. You know, um, so there's been, there's been talks about that. There's been conversations of, you know, we, we just talked about the setup and tear down teams. We have a, we have an army of a hundred people that, yeah that are part of that. So what happens to them once we yeah get into a building, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, well, been, and that's a, that's a huge connection point for people. Yeah. For newer, newer, that, that's what, the first thing I did, yeah, serving was driving one of the trailers. Right, right. Oh, I could drive. Okay. Right. Yeah. So what what does that look like for them once we get into the building? So there's been, we've been having conversations about that. Um, we've been having conversations about the just the spiritual health of some of the elders that have been more embedded in this process than some of us. Yeah. And just caring for them as well, um, and making sure that that. Uh, that they're rested and that yeah. they ha- that we are a sound wall for them, um, that they are cared for, because it is it is a tedious process, hmm. you know, um, and so, you know, we've had meetings on that. We've and at the same time, we know that the conversation of moving into a building can sound like the goal, right? You know, from a from a church like resonate we can everyone's we, we talk about it we look at it as like the finish line and it's like it's not you know our no. our our mission is to see disciples made and to see god's name glorified even more as more people come to see come to come to know him yep and one of the ways that we're gonna we believe that's gonna happen is through facilitating that leadership development through a building yeah and so the goal has always been the same. The goal has never been to be inside of a building. Yeah. Uh, the goal is to see disciples being made, to see churches planted, uh, to see church leaders raised up, um, to to meet the needs of the city, to to um, to connect with the city, um, knowing that uh, um, uh, we we want to love on our city because. Um, we want to be an outward expression of what God has been doing to us. Yeah. And so, um, but the building is just part of that, yep. that conversation. And so, you know, in our meetings, we, we don't want to lose sight of, <clears throat> you know, even caring for, for our members. We, we, we get prayer requests that all the prayer requests that are submitted every Sunday, we get them. Yeah. And, you know, we pray over them and, and we, if there's, if there's follow-ups, we, we have email communications between the elders, like, Hey, did we check on this person? Are they okay? Do they need something? So in the midst of, hmm. uh, you know, trying to get into the building, like we don't want to lose sight of shepherding our people. 
Yeah. Um, and so we, we have those conversations as well because we just want to lose sight as we move into the, because it is a big project. We don't want to lose sight of, of being shepherds either. Right. And so um, there's that perspective as well. Yeah. You don't want it to take up too much space, right? In yeah. your In your head or your yeah. extra time. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we get together once a month with our families just to have dinner. No, no agenda. Right. We just get together and play. And so um, that's been good. It's awesome. Yeah. So what do you think is like next for you? What are you, what are you learning right now? Yeah. Where are you being challenged right now? What, what are you getting ready for? What are you kind of afraid of next that you think mm, yeah. <laughs> God's going to call you to do? Like, get into that turf. What? It's, it's easy to get into that mindset because of where we're at this time of year. Yeah. You know, you right. start thinking about what's going to happen in 2019. And, um, do you make goals? Are you a New Year's resolution person? I'm not, but I, I, I don't write them down. Right. But I, I do, I have some sense of like just little things like, Oh, I want to, you know, try to accomplish this this year. Right. You know, something like that. I should write them down. Some people, like Ron is really good at writing down goals and putting them on the fridge. Right. And, you know, sticking to those. I'm more of like, like loosey goosey. <laughs> I say it and then I'll, maybe it'll get to right. me. Um, right. But I think what's next for me is, uh, um, I, th- I feel that there's more, responsibility ahead more adult Mm. things like i feel like this year i'm really starting to let go of a lot of my kiddishness Mm. kiddishness you know i joke around a lot i i i goof off often i'm probably you know one of the um um folks that uh try not to take things too seriously but i yeah i think um god is transitioning me transitioning me more into um taking more of a responsibility in leading my family, leading mm. um, other leaders, leading the church. Because uh, um, sometimes, like, I think my sarcasm can uh, uh, weaken that. Huh. Whereas people don't know if I'm joking or not. Right. Because I joke too much. Right. And so... Um, I have the same yeah. thing. It just pops in your head. It's funny. I'll say it. Yeah. It doesn't come out quite like you yeah, it doesn't, hear it. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, just like okay. you have those like weird conversations with yourself, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> and so, um, but I, I feel like God's taken me to a place where like I, there's there's more ahead of me than I could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, but it takes a different type of approach than what I'm used to. Hmm. Like I'm not a kid anymore. And so um, I think that's next. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I'm afraid of, I still battle with feelings of being inadequate in things. I think that's always going to be in me. Yeah. Um, I've always felt inadequate ever since I was a kid, a little kid. Um, you know, I was usually like the last person picked on a kickball team. Right. Um, I used to try to build things like take up hobbies, like build a stealth bomber or something. And it would always look ugly, huh. you know? Um, and so I always felt inadequate in doing things. And so when I'm asked to, to take on certain roles or leadership thing, right. items, I, I feel like I can't 
do it, but then and I'm coming. Keep, to, and they just keep getting bigger. Yeah, but I keep. But it's only because it's not because of my own ability at all. Yeah. That that God's asking me to participate in something to see Him do something through my own weakness. Yeah. I'm seeing that more and more, and uh, who gets the glory? Not me. Right. I, I, I know I can't contribute to what He's asking me to do. Yeah. Um, but I get to be a part of it, and I get to see Him work through it. So. Um, but I, whoops, I'm, I'm still probably going to battle a lot of feelings of falling short on a lot of things. Right. Um, but also at, in those moments of failing, I would experience God's grace even more. Hmm. But I think I'm, I'm fearful of the failing part. Yeah. I mean, who isn't, you know? Yeah. I mean, who, who wants to have their inadequacy on display? Yeah. Publicly. Because everyone knows yeah. <laughs> who you are. It's that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's his fault. Yeah. But at the same time, like, yeah. what better way to experience God's grace? That's kind of how I felt about preaching. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, gosh. If, if there was ever a circumstance when I would finally unveil myself mm-hmm. to be the incompetent boob <laughs> that I think I am. Uh-huh. It's going to be here when I'm standing in front of a, yeah. you know, 1,200 people, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Everyone's oh. thinking, wondering, you're wondering yeah. what they're thinking. and Yeah. Yep. And I'll fall off the stage and yeah. say something super dumb. Or, yeah. Uh, a year ago, I insulted the whole staff. <laughs> oh, with the, the <laughs> job, the job, yeah, the job not, comment? Yeah. I've had real jobs before, you know. <laughs> wow, you say the funniest things and they <laughs> stick out. Like, I remember that one. <laughs> There was a time when Jamie was leading worship, and she said, as we were finishing, she said, thank you for worshiping us. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, a, you just had those moments. Thanks for worshiping us. I mean, we, uh, yeah, uh, I mean we, worshiping with us. We, uh, oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's moments I, I've dropped the stick playing. Yep. Yeah. Um, Broke them. I mean, even like, you know, this past two classes or two groups of classes Jackson had had us leading the membership class yeah and even in that I feel inadequate I'm like oh I don't right. really know if I'm teaching this right yeah you know I'm going like Jackson's really good at preparing the notes but I feel like I'm saying these wrong or I'm doing something wrong and so even in even in a small setting like that I feel right the the pressure of inadequacy yet uh, I gotta fight against that like no God yeah God brought you here depend on him <laughs> It's not crazy, about you. crazy thing is we think we think that we're powerful enough to stop God from doing something today. Mm-hmm. Like it's up to me. Yeah. It's all on me. I have to say the right thing. I have to do this just right or mm-hmm. or it's not going to work and you know mm-hmm. like I don't know if it works that way. <laughs> I think it's okay to strive for excellence. Of course. Like, I think we should always push for that. Um, I think the the tendency is if we push for perfection, then we become almost legalistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then when you do good, you're like, <clears throat> oh, look at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm awesome. Yeah. Then you have to fight that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're in, you can't win. You're one side <laughs> or the other. And yeah. Um, I had another question for you. So yeah. I, I looking now uh, at Elder Justin, and I'm I'm thinking back to, you know, when you're over at Coyote Hills. Yeah, it's like two miles from here, mm-hmm. right? 
and you're you're standing there and you're feeling you know like the world's against you you thought i'm i'm a good guy but all this is going wrong yeah you know what because that there's there's bound to be somebody listening to this who's right there mm-hmm. my life fell apart mm-hmm. i thought i was good i got good grades i went to amp you know i did the mission trips i did all these things and, and just right now and, and i i can tell you for sure because i get text messages from them of kids who are feeling the same way it's like i i don't know god i don't know where he is i thought i knew him this is going wrong that's going wrong i just don't feel him i don't want to be in this like mm-hmm. i'm hurt like mm-hmm. talk to that kid yeah <laughs> um last night during one of our mission communities uh or one of our meetups last night um one guy in in my group uh justin chin was sharing with another guy um uh, I kind of caught on a whim because we everyone was walking out, but yeah. um, he was he was talking about um, uh, we tend to our our walks or just our view or worldview and things tend to be uh, we start with feelings, then we go to faith, and then we go to fact. So, yeah. like I feel good, I'm gonna believe God is real. Yeah. And then it just becomes truth to me. Huh. And we tend to go in that pattern. Um, but it's actually the opposite. Where um, what God says is fact, regardless. Right. And um, then there's faith. And then the feelings may not be in line at first, but eventually they'll come along. And if we hang on to the fact that we know what's true. And I think if I were to talk to that kid yeah. that's listening right now or my younger self, yeah. um, I thank God that my emotions don't dictate the truth. Yeah. Um, that this world tells us to follow our hearts and that's so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good intentions if he had a good heart. Right, but, but, but in the big picture, we don't. Yeah, you know, we have selfish motives, um, which can be um, detrimental to others around us as well. Yeah. Even even to the point of me wanting to take myself um, was a selfish motive. Yeah, um, and the pain doesn't go away. I just passed it on to somebody else, and so. Um, if, if I were to talk to myself back then or to anyone that's listening to this podcast right now, yeah, I thank God that our emotions don't dictate truth, that what God says is fact. What does scripture say about what God thinks of us? Hmm. Um, and whether my emotions agree with it or not, it doesn't matter because it's true. Right. At right. some point, my emotions would be in line with it. But if I can hang on to knowing that this is true, um, what God says to me, he loves me. He sees me the way that he sees his son. That everything that Christ has inherited is not put on to me. That I that my sins are forgiven. Hmm. That um, I am 
I am a I am a new creation in him that I am I am his child I am I am brought into his family that the cross happened because he approved of me <laughs> yeah that he felt it worth it to die um it wasn't a a matter of you do this I I'm dying for you I'm going to despite this great act of love no you have to follow these steps t- yeah. so that I can it's like it's not even like that it's he he died for me even when I was uh, uh, an enemy of his, <laughs> um, and so while we were yet sinners, yeah. So my emotions would make my make me an enemy of God, right? But it doesn't change what God has for me. He doesn't change his thoughts of me. That what the world says of me, good or bad, um, doesn't give a holistic. They don't have a holistic view of who I am. Right. Even God, what even God what is, you say of you. Even what I say of me. I yeah. don't I don't know what I'm capable of or what I'm not capable of. Right. Um, but yet God still loves me. And my emotions don't sway that. Yeah. Don't they don't change that 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 fact. Um and so I'm I'm grateful that I know that I could have some good days and I can have some bad days just yep. because of my emotions. Um, but God's love for me is constant. Yeah. And um, I can I can rest in that even. It's like, you know, I I hate, I don't, I want to say hate, but um, 10 years ago I was on a flight from the Philippines coming back here. Hmm. And within... I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the flight, uh, we hit an air pocket and the plane dropped, maybe about a thousand feet. Whoa! And I've <laughs> never seen, I never seen a flight attendant scrambling, chasing after carts. People were like freaking out because the plane didn't even stabilize. We were like in a turbulent flight, probably for the most of the Pacific. Whoa! And it, and it traumatized me because now when I get on the plane, I. I get nervous. Rona would would notice like my knuckles get white. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, I'm also just accept the fact that we're gonna die. You know, <laughs> oh, no. I mean that that's where I'm at. You know, <laughs> I try head. different things like I play games, try yeah. to distract my mind. Right. But the moment that it gets bumpy, I'll yeah. tense up. Yeah. But my emotions don't dictate what's really happening. Yeah. That the pilots know what they're doing. There's all these like backup systems in place to ensure that the plane's flying if the plane engine if one goes out the other one still can guide it i mean the plane doesn't just fall out of the sky it can glide yeah i mean there's all these things that i know are true but in the moment i'm like i'm having a hard time believing that yeah you know yeah um but it doesn't change the fact that we're flying and we're okay and so when it comes to my faith you know there's gonna be some days where i'm frustrated I'm upset. I'm having a bad day. Um, I don't think God loves me, but it it doesn't change. The sun is still shining beyond the clouds. Yeah. So. It's beautiful. It is. Beautiful. It really is, man. Well, is there anything else you got on your mind that you want the internet slash podcasting <laughs> world to know? I uh, now's your I'm, chance. I'm grateful that <laughs> that 
you felt the need to create this platform. Yeah. Um, I hope others join in and share their stories. I, I hope that um, others would find this valuable in, in sharing how God is working even in their brokenness. Because yeah. I think there's so many people that can hear this and come to a point of like, dang, that's me talking. Yep. And, and if what they're saying is true, then that's true for me. And um, so I'm really grateful for for this for this yeah. night and just to hang out and just catch up. I mean, we haven't sat down and talked like this for a long time. I know it's so it, it's it bugs good. me. It <laughs> bugs me. We get so busy living, we forget to yeah hang out. But it's but it's still good, man. We, I mean, we just get to connect here and uh, yeah. Um, I'm grateful for for this and for you leading the charge on this this area and uh, yeah. I hope I hope others that were listening to this are encouraged. If they have questions, I invite them to come ask me. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. You might get some now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm all for it. Like, let's let's talk. I don't even know who listens to this. I know people do. I can see somebody does. But people are, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's listening to something. They Great. may not listen to the full two and a half hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Some they, do. They yeah. heard they heard me rambling at some point. So <laughs> all they know is something about pagers and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Page of codes. <laughs> Page and, of codes. Oh, man. Oh, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. All right, then. Well, thank you, man. No, thank you. I love the heck out of you. This was great. Love you too, bro. Here, high five on this side. Here okay, left hands. Left. Okay. Oh, left. Wait. What, what, what is that? Your right? This is my right. Okay, this okay. is my left. Okay, there we go. Right. One, right. two, three. Oh. <laughs> I had to reach over because <laughs> I'm half Ryan's size. That's fun. What was it that we said that last year? I am the econ. I am the fun, fun size version fun of Ryan. Size, yeah. You said you were the family size. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so bad. Family size. All right, another one in the books. Justin Abelay, thank you so much for sitting down with me. That was fun. What a guy. Um, again, follow the Great Stories podcast on Facebook. The Great Stories Podcast, uh, same name on Instagram. Uh, look for us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Just search for The Great Stories Podcast and give those episodes a thumbs up. It really does help the uh, show to climb up in the ratings and it makes it easier for people to find when they're searching for something like this. Uh, you can support the show on Patreon.com. Search for The Great Stories Podcast. And uh, if you want to be on the show, or you know somebody who you want me to talk to, please, please, please shoot me an email. I can't wait to hear from you. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and again, folks, uh, this is such a privilege to record these programs. I love doing these interviews. It's one of my favorite conversations to have in the first place. And this podcast has given me such a good spot to do that. I'm so glad you're listening. Uh, share these episodes. Let's get the word out uh, how God works through normal people in amazing ways. Thanks for listening.
Ah, well, hello. You are still listening. You didn't turn me off yet, so you might be expecting the bonus. Uh, this is a, a part of the show afterward, uh, usually late into the evening, when I just kind of sit down and uh, talk about whatever happens to be on my mind. Uh, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I'll tell a story. Uh, last week I told a just a silly story of getting my parents' SUV stuck in the mud. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Uh, I guess now they know about it. But uh, uh, this week I wanted to do something... Uh, just bring you in a little bit and let you sit on my own couch and, and share just a total win that I'm celebrating today. Um, I got a, a text message from my goddaughter. She's uh, 18, soon to be 19. Uh, she's moved out and living on her own, paying rent, going to college. And, uh, you know, th- this is such an interesting time, I think, for for anyone who's had a hand in raising uh, a child to grown up, right? I mean, it's, it's, she's not my daughter, but I, I see her as that in a lot of ways. And you just have such high hopes uh, for who they'll be and how they'll they'll turn out. And I know if if a kid is raised in the church and all that, there's always this this period of time when they're no longer under control, right? <laughs> and they go out and they're figuring out who they're going to be, and they're deciding like, okay, uh, is this church thing is this faith thing really my own and I, I think so many parents so many godfathers and uncles and all that really gosh we we stress about it we try to hedge our bets we try to do everything we can ahead of time to you know see that happen but really it comes down to the individual uh anyway so that there's a sidetrack there but i got this text this morning uh that i, I just wanted to share and she says this to me she says uh you've got to read isaiah 6 1 to 7 I think it's my new favorite Bible passage. She says, I, I love studying the Old Testament now because I see Jesus everywhere. I can't wait for you to read it so we can talk about it. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, what a what a great text message to get at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, I mean, just that message is, is an answer to so many prayers. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys. And I think what I'll do, let's uh, go ahead and read the verse that she's told me to read here. And I guess I'll talk about it with all of you actually before I talk about it with her. That's funny, <laughs> but we're going to do it. Uh, so I haven't done this on the show yet. I'm just going to read a passage of scripture. We're going to talk about it a little bit. So if you got a Bible, and I hope you do, uh, we're going to Isaiah 6. I'm going to read 1 to 7. All right, here we go. Uh, in that, uh, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my ears, my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand a burning coal that he had taken from the tongs, with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away and your sin atoned for. And that's verse 7. 
what a powerful passage of scripture. You know, and I've read this over a couple times uh, in the past, and, and, you know, these kinds of things are just buried in the middle of the Old Testament, so you don't really see them very often. And just something that, that what she said is that I love seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. And it, this is something that's, uh, you know, been coming into my mind more often. And, you know, I lead a group where I, I teach uh, kids the gospel. And we spend a lot of time in the Old Testament. And we see passages like this and stories like, you know, Noah's Ark and the tabernacle and Israel and the Red Sea and all these things. And the truth of it is that all of these stories, the, the whole reason the Old Testament exists is to point us toward Christ. It's a gigantic object lesson so that we can better grasp exactly who Jesus is and what that his coming has meant for us. And this is such a beautiful picture because what we have here, this is Isaiah is, is standing before God and he's finally seeing the glory that is the Father. And he says, Woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He he's recognizing the contrast between the glory of the Father and, and his own condition. And I, gosh, I, I, wish, I wish I could have that perspective more often. Because when I, you know, I, on occasion I'll go back and I'll try to just take an inventory and maybe try to recall you know, I don't know why I, I don't enjoy doing this, but, I, you know, you just think about, like, how much of my own sin can I really remember? And gosh, I mean, I'm 36 years old. I've been around for a minute. And I, I could probably recall maybe 1%, maybe less than that. I think maybe, like, point or zero one percent of all the sin that I've committed. You know, I can remember maybe the top 10 worst ones, whatever. But there's no way that I can remember everything I've done wrong. And and that's not even including the things that, that, you know, I haven't done wrong yet. Like, there's still sin ahead of me. Like, the full weight of, of the forgiveness that's been given to me, I don't even know yet. And even if I could remember everything that I've done wrong in my entire life, I don't know it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the future. I don't understand the weight of it. And I imagine that, that if and when... Uh, not if, I should say when, I get to stand in this position that Isaiah is standing in. I'm going to be standing there. And I think that contrast is going to be made clear. Because God has full knowledge of all of my sin, everything within me. All the the 99.9% that I've forgotten and the 100% that I have yet to commit, he, he knows and he knew when he came here, he, he came to this earth while we were yet sinners, knowing that this was the weight, that this was the, in, in hanging in front of the eyes of Christ while he's on the cross is this full list of what I deserve punishment for, things that I've forgotten, things that I wouldn't even know to repent for because I don't remember doing them. He knew them all, and yet he said, it's finished. It's finished. Christ was this burning coal. The seraphim flew down, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. And this is where Christ makes a cameo in the Old Testament. This is, this is Jesus. 
The seraphim flies down. He has, he has a burning coal that takes away sin. And he says, your guilt is taken away. Not your sin. Listen, your guilt. Your guilt and, and your sin atoned for. It's done. It's finished. It's over. All of it. It doesn't say what you've done so far or what you've confessed or what you've fixed or what you've gone back and made right. That There's no conditions on this. There's no, like... <laughs> There's no, like, you have to, okay, go back and do all these things, and then you're good. No, it's, it's gone. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Go. And this is his response, woe is me. And that's not a, that's not a, a woe is me of sorrow. It, it's just a recognizing of the gravity of this situation. <laughs> what, the full weight of what's been done for me. Um, it blows me away. And I, I'm, every time... I, I crawl through that, like, in that way. Uh, I'm just blown away again. Uh, I don't, I, I still don't fully grasp why God would want to do all of this, but I'm so, so thankful that he did. And, uh, you know, I, I get to share that now with my goddaughter, my niece. I'm so proud of you. You know who you are, uh, that that you're seeing these things in Scripture and that they're wrecking you, uh, just as I have been praying that they would since you were four. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm so proud. Uh, Love you. All right. Everyone else, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, See you next time.